Welcome to the New Space India podcast, a bi-weekly talk show that exclusively captures insightful conversations with people contributing to advancement of space activities in India. The New Space India podcast is pleased to announce our association with Dassault Systems, a global leader in providing business and people with collaborative virtual environments to imagine sustainable innovations. Dassault Systems Solutions supports startups small and medium sized enterprises and original equipment manufacturers in developing disruptive solutions for space launchers and satellite propulsion recently a supply chain digitization study with dassault systems was conducted to provide a foundational understanding of the supplier landscape in the indian space ecosystem please use the link in the description to download the public white paper of the results of this study which will also give you a perspective on how ready indian suppliers are to enter the global space market all right again we're live and welcome to yet another episode of the new space india podcast and we have with us uh, abhi here i've known abhi for uh, some time now with the intersection of uh, startups and accelerators and investing and so on so welcome abhi to the show Thank you Narayan thank you it's a pleasure being here uh, i've been meaning to get on this podcast of yours for a long time and i'm so glad we can finally do this great yeah thanks for making the time and firstly you know i know that you are from the investment community and you know you've done a lot of work in the investment community what attracts you to the space industry and you know especially trying to help people in india you know get going with their space ventures Oh, that is such an amazing question i'm so glad you asked me that honestly that's uh, that's uh, rarely been asked of me in the last few months since i launched starburst you know i and i'll come back at that in this in this kind of context right so i as you know i've been uh, part of the venture community the investment landscape for a while now based out of the us and space had become quite interesting over the last 2 or 3 years and uh, you know it just so happened that i i got to meet and get to you know i got to know the starburst team um closely because of everything else that i was doing as a generalist investor um so it kind of is interesting that you know you have folks like me who have also become very you know uh, focused on what is happening in space and what i like about space and when i was doing my research kind of and building my thesis about how i would approach space tech in general i found it on two accounts very very interesting and very consuming at the same time one was space is this ecosystem which truly just you know takes away any boundaries that you you've sort of uh, you operate with in the normal context right in the in the normal construct so as somebody that believes in democratization someone that believes in the power of collaboration especially across borders and and believes in the um you know in in innovators um it just seemed like a no brainer at one end second deep tech is something that has been you know at the forefront of changing various industries at various points in time and i think i thought it was just about the right time uh both in the more advanced space tech ecosystems across the world and then of course markets like india where um the situations just warranted that you know you would if you're in a position of power or, or or even as an enabler if you have some position to kind of make a make a difference this would be the time 
So those are the two kind of factors for me that uh, that resonated very well. And I thought this was a time to do something interesting somewhere where I could perhaps make a contribution and, and you know, give the ecosystem what I could from my end. Uh, in terms of a nudge, a little bit of push, and, and hopefully at the end of it all, make a little dent in the ecosystem. So that's kind of what I was thinking about. With respect to India, of course, you know, you all at, uh, you know, within the community have been aware of what is happening in India over the years. Right. So the in-space program, the new policies, the privatization of the entire effort, I guess, around space tech opportunities, that just started to happen in the last few years. So honestly, since 2017, this had been a shot in my mind um, to really come in and do something as a space, space tech investor slash entrepreneur. But I was just trying to find the right channels. And then I found this um, really interesting piece of information, which was that, you know, there were there, there were some things happening in India from uh, from the student community, the research community, and of course the broader sort of corporate innovation ecosystem within space tech. And while the efforts were certainly you know all around the place, I think the fragmentation was there. There were a few gaps in between the way the industry was collaborating. And then in the meantime, I happened to sort of come closer to a platform like Starburst, which has done phenomenal work globally, right? And they're they're on this really amazing uh, path to kind of disrupt the way innovation is done in the space ecosystem. So I just wanted to be part of something like that. And, you know, I kind of then put two and two together and figured out this was the right kind of an opportunity to bring a platform like Starburst, which connects the Indian space ecosystem to the sort of broader global ecosystem and allow stakeholders on each side to interact more freely, sort of in a more nimble way, have free exchange of ideas. Um, and the beauty of it all is, you know, I'm a big believer in sort of creating funnels and opportunities for educational exchanges. And, you know, the, the one thing about entrepreneurship and uh, and venture building that a lot of people don't talk about is that it's it's largely an educational experience that you have to go through to be able to really discover opportunities that are meaningful. And then, of course, then you deploy all your skills and your resources towards it to make something happen. So that's kind of where, you know, I think I was kind of cued into and uh, what I was cued into and what I wanted to launch. And that's what brought me to India. Yeah, I mean, fascinating. And I think, you know, we kind of desperately need people like you who are in that community, you know, who can support the scaling up of the whole thing. I mean, one of the things that I was actually, you know, thinking about is that we actually don't have any, you know, space specific accelerator programs or support programs or even, you know, getting corporates or even normal VC you know, companies or VC uh, firms invest in, in space companies. That's in itself a challenge, right? Only now we have some, you know, VCs firming up their thesis around, uh, you know, why they want to invest in space or some of the corporates looking at, okay, can, can we take a, a cut of one of these companies and invest and try to diversify into the industry? So from kind of your perspective, um, what do you think is, you know, the core you know, aspects of the things that you want to address and then um, how do you see, you know, you tackling all of these uh, problems? Well, yeah, that's that's a good question. I love the question. <laughs> so, uh, so there are two things, right? So you're, you're spot on in saying that, look, space in general is difficult because it includes so many different things from suppliers to manufacturers to, you know, to, to researchers and, um, and agencies. I think these interactions are manifold and you have to kind of go through layers of discoveries before you, you're able to kind of come in and action off on something, right? So 
one thing that I believe is that space tech in general has received a decent amount of attention from the VC community over the last five or six years, to say the least. Uh, and, you know, if you just think about what's happening in the U.S., for example, one of the more advanced ecosystems, there are, I, I would say that there there is enough appetite on, uh, on part of the VCs to invest in space deals, and that is happening. You know, you see, see different launch companies and various satcom companies, for example. Many, many things have happened over the years. Now, in India, we're at a, at a pretty nascent stage. So I think the evolution is taking place, and you have a few that are really coming on board and investing in sort of bold bets. Uh, they're, they're backing founders that are bold, and, and their aspirations are pretty high. They're a very ambitious bunch. Uh, Pixel is a good example. Lagnicol, Skyroot, all these you know names that you hear of uh, from the Indian ecosystem, Volatrix. And there are many, many examples now. But of course, there's a lot that needs to be done. So the way I see it is that it's it's a double-edged sword, right? If you have private capital or you have uh, you know uh, investors ready to invest in an ecosystem, that alone doesn't do the trick. You have to have enough uh, you know churn. You have to have enough uh, activity that's uh, that's going to become interesting for for people to understand where the industry at large is headed, uh, what is the trajectory of these companies, and so forth, right? So for a meaningful um, tech ecosystem like we see in other ecosystems, right? Like uh, an e-commerce or a fintech ecosystem, whatever has happened over the years in India, for example, has been super, super interesting. And I think my feeling has been, and I, you know, of course, uh, backed by everything that I've seen here on ground, um, I, and I feel uh, validated in that approach, is that we're kind of on the brink of something here. And that means that we have to do two things. One is we need to continue to encourage more entrepreneurs to take bolder initiatives, right? They, they need to think about, can I do a propulsion tech company? Can I do, can I can I look at the entire value chain of the space ecosystem and figure out where I can play a part? And really not just think of it from a very myopic standpoint of, hey, I'm just going to care to XYZ type of companies in India, but they have to really think global. As I said, space kind of, it, it, inherently, it just allows you to think in a very sort of open um, open manner where you're not really looking at boundaries because space is for all humanity, right? I mean, that's the, that's the attach, right? So I think that's kind of what we need to think about uh, when we think about what kind of companies should be coming out of a massive talent uh, pool-driven country like India. Right? Um, so I think that's kind of one thing uh, that we're also focused on, which is encouraging innovation and entrepreneurship in the ecosystem. Um, and for us, you know, it starts with really kind of trying to weave together what's happening at the research and the university incubators, trying to bring them into the fold and, and share with them our insights, uh, learn from them along with them, and, and then also work with the corporates on one hand, which we do already. The agencies define a lot of their problem statements anyway. So we get to, we get to learn a lot. We get to identify a lot of, uh, opportunities and, and, uh, and important aspects of, uh, uh, of venture building alongside uh, these various participants. And I think that's kind of, you know, giving us a tool set, if you will, right, in a very program driven format to identify what needs to be done to take the, uh, you know, take take various programs or innovations at a different, uh, you know, uh, to a different level. So I think it's, it's all incremental in that sense. You know, we need to keep finding uh, a bigger problem to solve a more bold, um, you know, bet on, uh, things that could not have been conceived three or four years ago, right? So I think that's kind of one thing. The, the other is in terms of the uh, alignment with investor interest, that is another challenge. I hear a lot about IP and, and you know, uh, and, and, and interest uh, that uh, that needs to be aligned from 
you know, from the perspective of the founders, the agencies that they're concerned with, and IP kind of being uh, owned by foreign investors and so forth. So I think there's a lot of conversation there that needs to be put together. Um, there are ways of solving these problems, and I've been on a couple of panels where we addressed uh, these, these issues extensively. Uh, but again, you know, a lot of this is, as you know, uh, dependent on uh, internal uh, internal policy making. So policy making is a huge area of interest for us as well. We try to serve as much as we can uh, based uh, based on the insights we can gather and share that with other policy makers who are in a position of power again to kind of uh, make sure that uh, progress is not hindered in any way for these companies that are really trying to go out there and solve big problems. What do you think is the core set of uh, gaps that you see that, let's say, you know, you at Starburst India want to, you know, bridge? Um, as I said, so two things. I think we need to massively, uh, uh, you know, increase or rather rapidly increase the kind of companies that are coming out of India and, and uh, kind of go after more complex problem sets. So we found find, found quite a decent number. And we think we need to scale it up to at least 30, 40 companies a year, if not more. So just purely if you think of me, what, what would be my target? You know, my intent is to really find folks that are trying to go after problems as that only they know they can solve better than the rest of the boys in the room. And we're trying to help them sort of get to that level where they they receive the right kind of attention from the investors and you can get ready for, let's say, a pre-series A or a series A, right? Um, in terms of gaps that I, I think are important to go after, um, one would be, you know, we need to we need to define um, a little bit better what our policy is going to be around interaction with foreign investors. FDI, you know, the, the PLI is a great incentive right now. It needs to be sent out in a uh, sort of a clear message and maybe promoted a little bit more actively. I don't know what your what the feeling is at your end, but I think that messaging needs to go out a little bit more clearly to the broader community at large. Um, so that that's something that we're trying to get behind as well. The second thing that we think is uh, important uh, for us is for you know folks that are really part of the corporate innovation framework to look at newer markets like India and realize that you know there are other peers that they have that are already looking at India, and it's not a cost advantage alone anymore. Now people are looking at India for innovation sourcing, right? So that's the other one. Um, a problem that I think um, most Indian uh, companies are right now in the ecosystem facing are that they're still, to some extent, dependent on external suppliers and sources or foreign suppliers and sources, which is which is great, actually, if you ask me, because you get to kind of build with arts and supplies that are you know world-class. But I think there is that conversation where you have an opportunity to do handshakes and bring them to uh, different ecosystems. You know, bring a participant to, uh, say, uh, an ecosystem like India and find an opportunity for them to do business here in a more liberal, more sort of seamless manner. So I think that's something that we're trying to enable. Um, there are local sort of um, uh, vendors and suppliers in the ecosystem who want to go after such uh, such uh, pro programs and, and transition uh, transitions, if you will. Um, interestingly enough, I think we've seen a lot of attention from there, right? So there are these 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 older companies that have been around 10, 12 years, and they've come to us asking us about how should they make a transition from being a pure play supplier in one category and then transform themselves into a more innovative company, catering to a new launch company or a new satellite maker and so forth. So I think that's kind of what's happening, and that is that is a big motivator for me. You know, this is something that I 
thought it was happening, but I wasn't really sure. But over the last few months, I've discovered that that is indeed the case, which is really heartwarming at one point, you know, where um, you feel kind, kind of uh, confident that your your assumptions are, are holding true now. So it's it's really a good place to be in right now. There's a lot of trans- transformation happening. There's a lot of appetite for transformations. Absolutely. And one of the gaps that I see that is existing, you know, you really, you know, laid out very well the the ideas for helping young companies or younger entrepreneurs or, or so on to just to kick off in that sense. But there's the other side of the spectrum, which is, you know, more and more of these mature companies who have actually raised, let's say, their Series A or so on. And the the problem that I see that still exists is capital sources for anybody who wants to raise like a series B or a series C in India, right? Because you're talking about raising anywhere between 50, hundred million plus, right? So, and that too, as a space company, that is still quite a big challenge as such. And, you know, that can be solved by either, you know, one of these international VC firms, like whatever tiger or somebody like that saying, we will invest in Indian space companies, or it could be solved by, you know, one of these corporate houses like Tata or, you know, um, Adani or whatever Reliance saying we're going to be interested in investing in these companies because we kind of see an opportunity here, right? So, is this reading correct? And if yes, you know, um, how do you think we should be evangelizing uh, this community? That's also a good question. So, there's two things that have happened in the past, and I've had this conversation with, say, a, a group of VCs, and I've had this conversation with other entrepreneurs as well. And the question around growth capital is interesting because you know, not in that time will come, right? That time will come. I think, you know, when you think about it from your perspective and my perspective, we're obviously bullish on this. So we we would want for private sources of capital and and larger sources of capital to be ready now versus three years from now, right? But it takes time for them to bite into these kinds of opportunities, right? Let's let's not forget, it it took a long time in the U.S. for the private ecosystem to become what it is today. In India, we're still way ahead of the game. If you think about where we were, and where we could have gone, right, over the years. Yes, sure, there's there's some lost opportunities there, but let, I truly feel that that time will come for growth capital and for their stage investing, you know, at a Series B, Series C level. Um, but I think it's also about, for these very names that you mentioned, it's also about uh, mitigating as much risk as they can when they get involved in something as ambitious as space. However, if you look at broadly the airspace and defense ecosystem, they've already started to take different kinds of opportunities on. So I, I, I believe and I have certainly the hope that, you know, be it in the Dani, be it the Tatas, be it Mahindras, uh, from the domestic lot. I think they're definitely kind of, you know, putting all these companies under radar. Some of them may have gotten involved with their family offices or directly doing checks. And they're waiting for the next uh, milestone to be here. So I think it's a, it's a little bit of a wait and watch period with them based on some interactions, conversations I've had, uh, again, both in the, in the investor community and then otherwise with the entrepreneur. I think that's kind of what they're waiting to see. And let's say, you know, if we do find that it is it is the right time for a company to go to a tiger or, you know, some of the larger global farms, um, I don't think they're going to shy away. You know, they're not going to shy away. I think it's about, um, again, to your point, how do we evangelize this? I think the messaging has to be really loud and clear, and it needs to be backed by friendly policies, right, which is what's happening now. So I, I, I truly believe that we'll, we'll find the right kind of sources of capital when it is the right time, but it has to be um, lucrative enough for these folks. And they have to see it from an India context, not a global context, again, because of the, the unit economics involved and so forth. So they need to allow, I think we 
one thing that I keep talking to people about is, especially whenever I have an opportunity to talk to investors, I say, you know, you have to be ready with, uh, with patient capital because this is not a quick turnaround situation, especially in space. When you think about payoffs, the, the typical time to return is longer, right? So you need to be patient with your capital firms. So, so that's one thing that a lot of the sort of more mature space investors, uh, do understand that maturity has to come to the rest of the investor uh, investors from a mindset standpoint, right? So once they they build comfortability with that kind of an approach and they understand what is the true value of the opportunities in the market and, and the addressable market and all that is great, but what is their payoff going to look like, right? In seven, ten years, once they have a deeper, better understanding of it, then they they're more likely to invest, right? Um, even fifteen years. So so they need to look at a 10, 15, 20 year trajectory. Uh, and that's that's kind of what we're also trying to do, right? So I think it's a little bit about um, giving people the right kind of insights, the right kind of information. And I think that's that needs to be done a little bit more actively. And that's something that we kind of, I, I can shamelessly plug in Starburst here because that's one thing that we're going after too. Yeah, I mean, definitely one of the key points that I see as such, right? So there's one other part of the thesis which is also interesting from an investing kind of a point of view, which is when you look at... Uh, private companies and especially space companies that are coming up in India, right? So we can all agree that they have a certain, you know, a, a core, core advantage base, which is, uh, in, you know, lower cost of manpower and, you know, infrastructure that is already available that they can kind of leverage the supplier network that they can use locally to keep everything a little bit low cost and, you know, uh, talent being available. Yeah, right. Talent being available. And, you know, there's a few advantages that we can all agree to that, there's no disagreement with anybody on those fronts, right? So, but what is interesting to note is who in the market are these guys addressing? Will they be saying that, you know, the local market in India is going to be big enough for us to say that we're going to be occupying this local market here and then uh, we're going to be, you know, addressing India as a market for us uh, and this market is big enough for us to be a big company and get an exit or you think that most of these companies will have to you know depend on competing in the international markets and saying we'll take all of the advantage that we can get locally to then say we're going to be challenging people internationally and then building products to the global market and then selling and competing globally right so what is your perspective on this so, so my perspective is that before you start competing, you have to become capable of integrating and being able to deliver as an integrated partner to somebody that is already doing massive things at a global scale. So that is the that is the stage where most of these companies should be thinking about. You know, that is what they should be thinking about. This is not about you know one up one share, right? This is about how do I become an enabler first and allow people to build comfortability with my company that I'm going to send out satellites, I'm going to take payloads, and I'm the responsible party here from India, and they should rely on me for a, you know, a set number of objectives. I think that's kind of what they should be focused on right now. If you think about beating out competition right now, you're probably on the... I, I wouldn't say it's wrong to think about that. I would just think your your ambition and your, your, you know, your objectives need to be aligned a little bit, right? So I think that's kind of what needs to be... Uh, perhaps uh, you know taken into consideration at this point. The second is in terms of the market. I truly believe that there is this um, you know this this very interesting thing happening within continents, right? So there are different regions really now in a race to go to space, 
right? So I think in Southeast Asia and South Asia particularly, I think um, India has, again, you know, it, it has all the makings for other uh, regional sort of interests to come to come to these companies that are set up in India and take advantage of what is happening here. Um, so, so I think if you think about, hey, would a company in the US really use their, their services or really sign up with, uh, with an Indian company as a customer? I think they will, right? It really depends on their, their needs, their requirements. And eventually, um, you know, we've seen that there are Indian companies that are doing contracts with companies in the US. You know, they're, they're having agreements for um, launch pads or, or different forms of, you know, Agreements are being formed, say, you know, a momentous signing a contract with another company in India that's going to be part of their next phase. So, I mean, there are things happening there. So it's not like they're they're not finding opportunities to integrate or kind of create a play for themselves or a playbook rather, which allows them to experiment a little bit more with their global counterparts. And I think that's where the head should be at. It's more about evolving with the with the breed, so to say, right now, than just going out there and saying, hey, we're the next best Indian startup and we're we're here to beat out the competition. I think you, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm all about for being brash, but I think right now is the time that you walk, you experiment, you learn, you grow, you define what is your uh, your, your best strength and then go out there and, and then uh, talk about competition. But I think if you think about just the natural way the landscape is, in South Asia, Southeast Asia is where India's biggest market is. And, and uh, I think domestically in India also there is appetite, but there, I think, it's not there yet. I mean, it's not completely optimal, right? So the, the levels of um, appetite, if you were to judge, I think uh, the domestic ecosystem in India is still, you know, uh, there there is there are some some needs that we can that we can meet, right? From from the perspective of okay, what what industry are we going to serve? Be it agritech, be it you know the the agency level surveillances or space situational awareness and so forth. So I think there are different factions of uh, these industry verticals that they're going after, but I think that still needs to evolve. Um, it's certainly not as mature as, um, you know, in terms of its outlook, it's not as mature as uh, the more advanced players in the ecosystem. And we all know that. And that's okay because it's going gonna, it's gonna to take time for this to be pushed out as a message. And then as, as we continue to discover more needs, we will continue to build up, uh, you know, enough capabilities around them. So if you, if you think about their readiness levels, their they're at the right, in my mind, they're at the right place at the right time. Um, and they need to continue to evolve most of these companies. Definitely something that uh, is going to be interesting. From your perspective, again, you know, do you see that, um, you know, this whole software ecosystem that we've built uh, helps us, you know, take software-based talent and then infrastructure and everything else to build, you know, geospatial kind of companies that easily scale or so on? So already happening already happening now the question is you know where do you see more and more opportunities available as in for example do you because you know there's the kind of companies like you know astrogate or uh, bellatrix or uh, those are very hardware driven driven companies right you really have to build that hardware up and then you know build everything up to be able to go to the market and then there's very little of uh, you know mvp kind of thing that you can do that you know software companies can do with that, right? So the risk is kind of higher with all of that. But that's exactly where the opportunities are. And if that's what your question is, I would just jump in and say, and I, I, I won't even let you finish your question on that, but I think that's exactly where the opportunity is. Go after bigger, bolder bets, as I said, go after hardware. You know, I, and I think that's where it is, right? 
Um, we, yes, you know, software-defined projects are really cool, and I think we have enough talent that's going after that piece of the business. So, you know, you think about analytics, space situation awareness, guys at Excel and everybody else that is doing some really cool stuff. So I think we've got that piece of the business model covered. What we really need to think about is, about is advanced manufacturing, right? 3D printing's coming around, you know, there's stuff happening there, composites and materials, right? And these are the these are the things that we need to do to think about, if you really ask me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the more hardware-driven you are in your, in your approach right now, I think that is kind of what we should be thinking about, what we should be going after. Because that really enables the rest of the ecosystem in a very different way and different light. You know, it just it just it just shows that we're ready to kind of mature uh, at that level and, and kind of really think about near sourcing and you know those those are the significant cost advantages that people would recognize across borders, right? Um, and I think that helps us collectively in various ways. You know, when we're thinking about pushing this whole space tech uh, ecosystem towards a new milestone or the next best milestone. So in all of this, uh, what do you think is the role of ISRO and how can they support you and what do you expect out of him? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good question. Maybe we should have ISRO for the call here. <laughs> um, so, so look, uh, with the space agencies, it's always a little bit of a give and take. You know, we, we're at a, in a phase where they're also trying to figure out how best to enable private entrepreneurs and private companies. Uh, our job really as a platform that is as much an educational platform as it is for, you know, as it is a, a commercially driven transactional platform is that we deliver insights, we deliver research, we deliver um, our findings back to policymakers, companies and founders so that they can kind of get to their next milestone. And for us, it's really about uh, really being the connector, right? So we're innovation catalysts and that's something that we truly believe in, right? That's the model, that's the model and you know, that's kind of what we really get behind. So for us, a participation with ISRO would mean helping um, understand, or, you know, first of all, us understanding what are their needs, right, from their space program standpoint, right? What can we enable them uh, with, for? Um, what kind of programs and policies should we be developing internally uh, for, the, for the corporate uh, participants, right? How do we get people uh, to think about remote sensing, think about, you know, navigation, think about geosatellites and, and um, uh, you know, geospatial analytics, sorry, and and, uh, and various other forms of programs that they're getting after. So I think it's about connecting the dots, really mapping what ISRO's needs are to what is happening broadly in the space ecosystem and, and generally, you know, in the innovation ecosystem broadly that's enabling space tech opportunities. So I think um, that's kind of what we're doing. Uh, it's, it's easy to get problem sets. It's harder to map them. Uh, when they're doing the process, of, you know, when, when they're already in the process of discovery, right? So the process of discovery is pretty detailed for us at our end because we see a, quite a volume. So I think it's it's a little bit of a daunting task, but we're up for it. That's what we've uh, picked up the challenge for. And we, you know, sourcing is one thing, but really mapping uh, capabilities to what the need of the average is, that's a whole different beast by itself, right? Because there's a lot of validation, a lot of, you know, activity behind the scenes that goes on. So I think that's kind of what we're really focused on. Um, Designing innovation programs is another thing. So if they ever were going to think about, hey, how do we develop a national level agenda um, and think about upgrading our infrastructures, think about what kind of testing labs we need for these new breed companies, what kind of facilities we need, um, what use cases should we go out and think about that we haven't perhaps thought about. I think those are things that we can come in on and and support them with. I get a lot of uh, 
you know kind of phone calls or messages from kind of young people trying to say we're going to be starting space companies or we are in the process of validating a market or whatever right so sometimes i do keep getting these messages on a kind of a weekly basis at the end so how does you know starburst india whatever program that you're kind of putting together how will it kind of work from their perspective uh and how do they approach you or you know how will the whole thing work uh, you know moving forward so i think we you know we've done successfully something with ucla that's going on where you know where we think about um taking students at universities and companies that have been founded at universities and helping them get to the next milestone again using our platform as a medium to discover opportunities meet with participants broadly in the ecosystem making star hires and so forth so if startups and students in india are actually willing to participate i think we're, we we will soon be working on a program we're actually developing it right now i'm actually focused on rolling something out but it's too early to talk about it however we have already created opportunities for students to freely interact with the platform uh come attend our events i would say definitely come attend our events you know a lot of our events are invite only but certainly we do panels and various other things and we will be kind of uh doing once hopefully things open up physical uh, you know meetups um in our facilities in mumbai and you know bangalore and chennai delhi name it we're going to be all over the country we'll, we'll hopefully uh bring in a lot of corporates universities student communities together that are interested in uh, innovation in our space and uh, and that's one way of getting involved i think it's more about you know getting involved with the right kind of people that are you know that that, that are really uh, building great companies that are solving big problems and i think it's important to identify what the gaps are right so if you're a student today and if you're if your audience you know anybody in your audience is kind of listening to this podcast look the most important thing that uh, that they can do right now is instead of being ambitious about hey i'm going to build another pixel i think what you should do is maybe understand what pixel is doing identify gaps and then go after those gaps very systematically right so i think that's kind of what the opportunity is here right now because we're looking for new innovators right uh, but building another company of the same kind is probably going to be detrimental to your cause so i think what i really want to suggest um, to students is that if 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 they are serious about venture building in this ecosystem or look, turning turning uh, over to be an entrepreneur i think they really need to study what are the gaps in the industry which gaps can they fill what are their capabilities and if they need help with that they can certainly come and be part of a platform learn with us grow with us um we have various different kinds of programs um and hopefully soon enough as i said we'll be launching a couple of programs over here so more actively working with universities and, and students at these universities to support student led projects right helping them uh, understand where they should be taking their projects and steering them guiding them in the right direction maybe even creating opportunities for them to listen to other uh, industry giants and, and heroes of the industry so to say where they could kind of find inspiration and, and try to find a medium through which they can communicate with them you know one of the interesting aspects here is also about the exit landscape because at the end of the day anybody who's investing you know needs to also get their money back and exit right so in the us uh, there is a strong enough you know ecosystem where you kind of have companies uh, that can either buy you like lockheed or boeing or whoever it is can actually buy you out or you could also you know go into the public markets uh, much earlier than india where you have to be profitable to even go into the public markets right so from that exit landscape point of view what is your you know viewpoint as to what could be the exit landscape options for indian companies Oh, what a wonderful question! You know, I come from the world of finance. So my origins are on Wall Street, 
So here's the fun part, right? And I'm, I'm very close to that ecosystem that you talk about. Now in the US also, it's been, it's been a little challenging, right? For a lot of companies seeking exits. So it's not as fluid and as easy as people perceive it to be from the outside. So for every two or three companies that succeed in finding an exit, there are many others that haven't found that and they've had to pivot or shut down shop or, or look for other forms of capital, right? So in India, however, you're seeing this, you know, again, we're, I, I, I would believe or assume that people are aware of what's happening in, in the financial services ecosystem and fintech and in general and trying to access public markets. So I think we're also having this, you know, the, the, we have an interesting evolution happening at the same time. You know, you have this very sort of, at, at the very outset, it looks like it's a very siloed sort of environment that you think about innovation and entrepreneurship um, and, and compare it to what is happening in financial markets. But I think there isn't a simultaneous evolution happening. So I think there will be, um, you know, in a few years' time, there will be an opportunity for us to replicate what's happening in the U.S. and the ability to kind of go to the public market sooner will come around. I just think that it's, um, you're right in saying that it's difficult, and I, I don't know what to say to that uh, at this very instant, how we can change that. Uh, but I think if you think about um, where these companies are and the numbers of companies that we have, so if you if you think about the number of companies that we have, right, we can easily put together a roadmap where it's the private forms of capital that are really taking that through the series A, B, C, right? Uh, and they may not need to really run to the public markets right away, right? So I think you know they their hurry to get listed right away could be managed for at least the early part of their life and they're really kind of in that evolutionary phase. But you're right, you know, once they hit series B, C, and, and then you know they're they're sort of on a comparable format, uh, rather or a platform, um, you know, with their counterparts elsewhere, they're probably going to want to think about, hey, how do I scale this up? So I think again, there's. You know, there's two things happening there. One is you have to have that intersection of, well, can the, can the uh, public market support some sort of a venture like this, which is super risky, right? And then, you know, the risks uh, sometimes don't, um, you know, in this case particularly, so don't necessarily make sense to a lot of people when they weigh the returns against them. So I think we, we have to evolve. We have, I think the short answer is we have to continue to evolve and grow, and it's a little bit of a wait and watch period for us on that end. But I think... Um, as I said, growth capital and patient capital will come around. I think we just need a little bit of time for people to educate themselves about what's happening in India. And we see that firsthand. So I think there is appetite, there is interest. And when you think about the markets of the world buying a company in the US, uh, take it from me, they're open to doing it in India, uh, as are other domestic larger corporates. It's just about you know them finding a way to mitigate the risk of, of going in early. Uh, but that's going to happen. You're going to see that happen soon. I, I, it's just my conviction. I, if you ask me to back that by research, I may have some data points, um, but I don't think um, I, I'm too far off if I say that it's going to happen in a few years where you'll find more private capital chasing deals earlier in their life cycle. Um, and I'd say, you know, well within the timeline when, when you think um, uh, uh, they could have either gone for a listing or look for some sort of a SPAC deal. Right, so I think again we know what is happening with Sparks, so uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet too much on those kind of structures. But I think there is enough private capital that can support the early momentum of these companies. And as far as uh, going to the public markets for support is concerned, I think that time will come too. But uh, we're we're a little bit uh, shy of that.
That's very refreshing, you know, to hear uh, positive notes on all of this and looking at uh, it from a completely positive uh, outlook at the end. So where are you going to be running programs out of uh, at this point of time? You said that you are primarily based out of uh, Mumbai and Delhi. Is that where the Starburst program for entrepreneurs will be running out of as well? So Mumbai, we've opened up. So, you know, we've opened up a space. It's a 50,000 square feet facility that, uh, you know, that I put together and we launched Starburst out of there. And it's uh, it's actually not very far from IIT Mumbai. It's close to some of the larger corporates like Reliance, uh, close to the upcoming International Airport in Navi Mumbai. So we've opened the offices up there, but we're doing rotational programs. And we're also, you know, already uh, sort of in advanced stages to grow our presence in Bangalore. Uh, in Chennai, we've been in talks with certain um, certain counterparts, and you know we want to do programs in Delhi. So you know, I, I personally travel between Delhi, Mumbai a lot, and Bangalore's you know, definitely on the cards because of everything that's happening there. And of course, you can't ignore all these various hubs of innovation. So we we're truly, I think, region agnostic in that sense. We want to be pan India, uh, to say the least. You know, Starburst India's goal is to be present everywhere. And we really want to enable all these ecosystems in, in various parts of the country. So we're we're truly the only kind of I, I really take pride in saying we're we're the truly the most independent platform that is out there right now that is trying to weave together everything that's happening across the country. Um, and we want to run pr- programs uh, in in all the regions that allow us or need us to be there. So yes, our facility is in Mumbai, but uh, you know we're we're scaling up our efforts, and you know because there's nothing happening physically. Um, we're we're not doing a lot of physical meetups, but we're you know we're uh, present in Delhi, we're present in Mumbai, we're present in Bangalore through our associations, Chennai also. Um, one thing that I will say is super interesting is that we've already in the last few months alone we've received a lot of encouragement and support from various agencies and corporates, global and domestic. So it's really heartwarming to see the kind of response Starburst has received. Um, also, startups and entrepreneurs are now receiving the message loud and clear that look you know that there's a platform they can go to to be able to connect with the broader ecosystem at large globally. And they, you know, it's a one-stop shop, really. If you think about suppliers, startups, companies, corporates, uh, universities, agencies coming together, it's really a one-stop shop that we've created for uh, for all these different uh, ecosystem participants. It's going to be one of the most uh, exciting things, I think, uh, happening in India with, uh, with all of this kind of initiative. Uh, what is the you know, roadmap that you have as such, you have a cohort that you want to take up uh, or so on? Yes. Yeah, very much so. So we actually have one form of our accelerator, which is a global accelerator for which we can't pick companies out of India and we put them and pick them against our global companies. So we do the sort of the usual screening selection process. And part of that selection process is so interesting that, you know, and this is something that brings a lot of people to Starburst is that we actually have the the end target consumers or customers looking at these deals and these companies pitch at that event. So there are a lot of interactions that we create on the bylines of these events through the selection committees and the pitch events that we host, which is, I think, I would encourage anybody that's listening to kind of really think about that and get in touch with us uh, and our global team. Um, that's a phenomenal platform that you get to kind of, you know, showcase your talent, your company in front of global audience and also the corporate VCs. Uh, other VC firms, investors, sometimes you have private equity investors. So, I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting audience pool that you go in front of, and it's a global platform that we run through the Global Accelerator Model. So, I think that's a no brainer. The other program, and uh, that is designed for for each country's cohort, is kind of the regional uh, selection family events that we do. So, that's where you kind of interact with more people that are focused on your regions. And then, 
yeah, that also includes a mix of other international audience members. So that's the second form. And in terms of the cohort, uh, you know, again, because of the limitations of what we can do physically, we haven't really rolled out a platform, but we are doing it remotely. We continue to build um, um, industry vertical focused cohorts. And we're gonna, you know, that's going to become the mainstay of our programs in India also. So uh, I, I don't want to announce it just yet. We're in the works for it, but we're certainly trying to find the right kind of numbers to support that kind of initiative. We're working very actively with the universities and corporates to really roll that program out in the most meaningful ways that we can. I think developing a cohort takes a lot of effort. So we're really trying to put everything that's available to us and, and develop that mechanism to, to be able to facilitate those kind of uh, transactions and, and make sure that uh, some good benefit comes out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of uh, fascinating uh, overall. I think, you know, the ecosystem was definitely missing somebody like you for the last several years, maybe a decade. I truly believe that. All right. You know, when I co-founded the chapter and I, I really convinced my team at Starburst, they, they, and they're really excited about India, right? So Francois, Juan, Sandro, everybody that's part of the team and, you know, whoever's been doing some great amount of things in, uh, in various parts of the world already. They're all excited about India. Globally, you know, our, our teams and you know, counterparts are very interested in what is happening in India. And we're always constantly finding new ways to connect. So I think it's it's a it's a really interesting push on our part. And I just hope that the, uh, the, the domestic ecosystem continues to respond the way they're responding and maybe scale that up a little bit and, and, and continue to work with us. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy that we have this opportunity to create something new, something really useful, for the broader ecosystem. Absolutely. And what is uh, it that you you know think of uh, when you look at five to 10 years down the line? Because today we have, let's say, 50 companies uh, you know, doing, uh, trying to k- kick off and at various stages of uh, their maturity. Where do you see things in, let's say, the fi- next five to 10 years? I think in the next 10 years, I'll take the 10 years, right? Because I'm, I'm definitely more optimistic, but I'm also kind of more um, systematic in my approach if you think about what's happening now and you know, how I perceive things. So I'd say in the next 10 years, I certainly see a very robust, strong supplier network to be present in India, uh, especially in collaboration with their international counterparts and continue to find ways of innovating and getting to the next milestone and kind of really boosting their own capabilities, if anything, from a, from, uh, from a supply standpoint. And the other thing that I think is that, you know, we're going to go from 50 to 100, 150 companies on average annually across various use cases in the ecosystem. And that's, uh, and I think you can attribute a lot of that to efforts like platforms of, of Starburst, right? Uh, platforms like Starburst. So our efforts and combined with others, you know, be it a fund, special, or anybody else, though many others that are really trying to pursue these very unique opportunities. I think, and I have no, you know, comes in naming them. Right. So I think it's really good that uh, there's this collective uh, mindset that we're operating with, which is, you know, we need to find more deep tech companies in India. So I think in 10 years from now, we will definitely find more things in advanced manufacturing, uh, launches, propulsion tech. You know, I, I, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. So, I'm, you know, given what I've seen here so far, I think there'll be a lot of interesting plays come out and maybe some ideas that we haven't even thought of right now. From the, and that's going to come from the university or the incubators right now. Is there a way that people can reach out to you if there's more questions or comments or anything? Absolutely. Anytime. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. You can always go to contact us at starburst.arrow. You can, that's the global uh, contact email. Um, you can always find me at abhi, which is A-B-H-I at starburst.arrow. Um, and yeah, just find us on LinkedIn. Find us on the website and, and we'll take it from there. 
again, you know, we think this is kind of fascinating work. Thanks for doing all of this. And then I hope to meet you in person sometime uh, whenever this pandemic is over. <laughs> we must, we must. And I, I can't wait to work more actively with you and your teams. And, you know, we're, we're really sort of very happy that there's just so much happening. And I, I'm, I, for one, I'm a huge fan of what you guys do at, uh, you know, at your end as well. So, you know, at Sat Search and, you know, your work particularly, Naran, I think you're such a connector, such an important connector. I truly find comfort in, in, in talking to folks like you because there's a lot of confluence of ideas, a lot of challenging back and forth. And it's really interesting to kind of be part of this conversation. So thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks again for being a part of the show. And I know I hope to record a, an episode or two with you in person and catching up on all the progress. Absolutely. Would love to. Anytime, anytime. And, you know, anytime uh, you, you find something that we can do for you with Starburst or you, you need me for anything in my capacity, happy to do it.